Well, last week we began a series called The Ultimate Ghost Story, How to Have a Relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we started talking about the Holy Spirit last week by laying a groundwork, right, about who the Holy Spirit is. Because if we don't really understand who He is, then it's hard to have a relationship with Him. If you happen to miss last week, feel free to go online to grace2sign.org slash sermons and you can catch up with last week's message and kind of track with us over this month as we discuss this. Now, some of you have been thinking about this. You've been thinking about this series. I'm also hearing some questions like, Dave, why are we doing this series? Are you trying to just like make us more charismatic or more mystical or something? Or what, what's the purpose behind this series? Well, let me tell you what the purpose behind this series is from my heart. I believe that God wants you to know him for who he truly is. Not just what you read about or what you experience through other people. God wants you to know him. And that comes through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is possible to have a vibrant, active, close relationship with God. And the Bible says that comes not just with a bunch of knowledge, but through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So that's the reason we're looking at that, this series, and I'm hoping that you will get a lot from this, that you won't just learn more about God, but that you will become more thirsty for God, and that you will be filled with His Spirit. Now, um, one of the questions I want to address that you guys brought up um, from last week, by the way, um, in your, uh, if you go online to www.mygrace.church, you can find you know, all the interactive sermon notes that I put out there each week. Uh, in there, th- again, this week, there's a place where you can ask any questions that you have about the Holy Spirit. One of the ones that I have received uh, this, la- this last week that I thought was really important to address was this. Uh, someone was saying, so I'm kind of confused. Uh, who am I supposed to pray to now? Am I supposed to pray to God, to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus? Who am I supposed to be praying to? Well, there's a, that's a good question, and it has an easy answer in my mind. And that is because I don't think there is a wrong answer. The Holy Spirit is living inside of each and every Christian, giving you access to God. And God is one. He's not three gods. It's not pick a flavor. God is one. And so when we pray, whether we're praying and we're using the name God the Father, or we're praying with the name of the Holy Spirit, we're praying to the same God each and every time. So if it's helpful, let, let me share with you how I kind of approach this. Um, when I want to speak to my Creator, and to my Father, to my parent, I address Him as Father. When I want to speak to my Savior and my Redeemer, I pray to Jesus. And when I want to have, and when I want to foster a closer relationship with, the, with God than is, I could possibly have. I pray to my counselor, my friend, my healer, my voice of truth, and that's the Holy Spirit. To do that, we have to understand who the Holy Spirit is and realize that He isn't some scary ghost that we're to avoid, nor is He some kind of a force emanating from God, some impersonal good or bad power that we need to harness and get control of to take to our to use to our advantage and it's easy to think that way especially in days like if you're at my age and you grew up in the age of star wars and watching all the star wars movies right i'll never forget you know all these movies i'm talking about the force right and i've heard many people just kind of consider well that must be the holy spirit 
How many of you have watched those Star Wars movies? Raise your hands. Several of you. Okay. Maybe you'll remember this clip. Take a look. For my ally is the Force. And the powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings are we. Not this crude matter. You must the force around you, here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere, yes. That is what we typically think about the Holy Spirit, don't we? Or some of us do. Uh, I know when I was a kid, that was, that was my picture of what the Holy Spirit must look like. And I tell you, do a Google search sometime and put in the whole words Holy Spirit force and you'll see all kinds of stuff about this that you would not believe. But what I want to share with you this morning is that isn't true at all. The Holy Spirit isn't some inanimate force that we're to try to harness and take control of. It's a person we're to have relationship with. Today we're going to see what the Bible teaches and what Jesus himself taught. And discover that the Holy Spirit isn't just someone you can know about, but someone you can know personally. So turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And, you know, as you're turning there, let me just share this with you. When you, get to, when you decide you want to get to know someone new, oftentimes the first step to doing that is to be introduced by someone who also knows that person as well as they know you. And Jesus knew the Holy Spirit better than anyone on earth. And as he tells his disciples that he is going away, this is how he describes the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14 Starting in verse 15, listen to this. Jesus says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And then in verse 20, it says, So those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. So as Jesus is comforting his disciples and reminding them to be obedient to God, he says the Holy Spirit is going to come and will never leave them. These disciples that he's talking to, they grew up in the Jewish faith. They had learned who the Holy Spirit was. They had heard the stories from the Old Testament about there were these times when God would just come in his powerful presence. And they would describe it as this Holy Spirit and he would come and then he would go. Kind of like God the Father with with the burning bush. They, They knew God as this one who kind of shows up at times in power and splendor and then he's gone and then we're left to kind of figure things out on our own. And 
that's kind of the picture they have of the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus is saying to them is things are going to change now. It's not just going to be that you're going to kind of think, you know, maybe that's God over there. Maybe, maybe God's connecting to me and have a doubt. But the, the Holy Spirit, God himself, will come and live inside of you. He'll be closer to you than you've ever imagined possible. In fact, you know, they, they were used to hearing stories like that of King David, where King David had a powerful pr- experience with the Holy Spirit at one point uh, many, many years ago. And when he started to feel that presence leave, he's like, no, God, don't leave me again. I want you. And he said, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Jesus is telling them here, the Holy Spirit will come and stay with them. But notice what he also says in verse 17. He says, they will receive him. But the world still won't know or even recognize him. Now, in this crowd that day, there was a guy named Judas. And it says, it makes it a point of saying this wasn't Judas Iscariot in verse 22. But this guy is in the crowd named Judas. And he says, well, Jesus, why would you do it that way? Why would you just make the Holy Spirit available to some and not to everybody? Notice what Jesus says. Jesus says it's because they won't, the world won't love him. Or obey him. They won't want a relationship with him. And here's the amazing part. Jesus says they'll recognize the Holy Spirit. Not just because he's with them or around them. Like they've heard about in times before. He's not going to be just like some force to the rocks or the trees. But he's going to be in them. Building relationship with them. Something that has never happened before. In fact, a little later in this conversation, in chapter 16, Jesus says, It's better that I leave and the Holy Spirit come because he will be available to everyone, everywhere, 24-7. He won't be bound to a human body, bound to one place at a time. He will be in the heart and life of every believer 24 hours a day so that you would never, ever be outside of the presence of God. I mean, think about it. That is... That is an incredible concept. God isn't just out there with you. He's not some, it's not karma. It's not some mystical experience that you need candles and stuff to somehow tap into. God's saying, when you accept me into your life, I never leave you. In those moments when life hits the fan and you feel like you're alone, you're not alone. In those moments when you feel like your prayers are bouncing up against the ceiling and falling back down on you because emotionally you don't feel God. God's saying, don't forget, my spirit never leaves you. I am with you and I know you better than any human being can ever possibly know you. This isn't just some theological principle or concept I'm talking about here. God literally lives inside of you. And he's closer to you than anyone you've ever met. Even the person you know the best doesn't know you as well as the Holy Spirit does. Now notice, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit here an advocate. Now I'm not sure what word Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit that day when he was with his disciples. Because I'm sure he was speaking in Aramaic. And when John wrote down and recorded all these things that he heard... He was writing in in Greek. The book of John was written in Greek. And the word that John used that day, based on his memory of what Jesus said, was the word paraclete, 
which means a person who is summoned to someone's aid. Now, when the when we try to translate that word paraclete into English, we have all kinds of words we try to use. The New Living Translation, which is the one I'm using, it uses the word advocate. But in your translation, you might see other ways of describing this word like counselor, comforter, helper. These are all ways of describing paraclete, which is this one who comes alongside us in relationship with us. Now, Jesus also says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, uh, a voice of wisdom and clarity in your life, keeping you, if you listen, from saying or doing hurtful things. And whereas the scriptures reveal the general will will of God in your life, the Holy Spirit reveals the specific will of God for your life, clearing up any deception or confusion and pointing you every single time to God. He is the one who is holy, convicting us of sin when we start to make choices against those that God would have us make. One who reminds us the things that Jesus taught. And he gives us the ability to feel the same way about our sins that he feels. Look today at the end of this section, how it ends in verse 25. Um, Jesus says here toward the end of this section, he says, I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So in those moments when you're wondering, God, what do I do? The Holy Spirit is there to remind you of the words of Christ for your life. What Jesus is describing here is a relationship with God that they and that that we can have. Unlike anything the world had ever experienced before. Now, with that in mind, as you give attention to a relationship with the Holy Spirit, perhaps for the first time, remember this. The Holy Spirit is a person with a personality. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has a soul. He has a mind and will and emotions, just like Jesus. The Bible talks about the mind of the Spirit and says that the Holy Spirit is the one who chooses which gifts to give each and every person alive on planet Earth. The Holy Spirit even instructs people. In the book of Acts, it talks about this, telling people to do or not do certain things at different times. And the book of Ephesians says that we can even grieve the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit isn't a person, if it's just a thing or a force, you wouldn't and you couldn't have a personal relationship with him. I mean, you don't have, you don't open your heart up to your favorite chair, do you? You don't build a relationship with the tree in the backyard. At least I hope you don't. If you do, let's talk after. I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. But we do with the Holy Spirit. Because he isn't just a thing or a force. He is a a person. And it's a relationship that I have to tell you guys. I, in the last few years, I I treasure. For me, I I don't know if you can relate to this at all. But, you know, there are times when life is going great. And sometimes I think... My prayers are almost rote. 
Sometimes I feel like when I'm communicating to God, I'm saying all the right things. But then there are those times that come, and and maybe you know what I'm talking about, where life just gets difficult when you're open, when you're vulnerable, when you're crying out to God. And in those moments, we need to know that the Holy Spirit is there with us. And I have come to value and appreciate how in those moments I can sense God's presence. Even in my brokenness, even in those times when I screw things up, I sense God and and I know that I'm lost without the Holy Spirit. I am. Fostering a relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. We already saw that He is our counselor and our advocate and our guide so that we can hear the voice of God and that we can know His will. But it's in those moments that I even find, like, when I get upset with someone and I have a really sharp, clever comeback that the Holy Spirit speaks and says, "Uh, don't say that, right? Any of you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Through our relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. He sees what's in our heart and he takes over. He gives us the words to speak in tough situations when we don't know what to say. But we know that we need to be God's witnesses. The Holy Spirit even helps us to understand the Bible. Clearing up confusion and pointing the way back to God. The Holy Spirit gives us life and freedom from being able to be controlled by the evil in this world. And this this last one is a big one. Um, As we yield, as we surrender to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he makes us more like himself. We become more like the Holy Spirit. Think about this for a moment. Have you ever noticed that the more you're around someone, the more you're in relationship with someone, the more you become like them? Have you ever noticed that? Maybe if you're married, maybe you've noticed this with your spouse after 10, 15 years, how they just start copying you, right? They, start act, they pick up on the same little mannerisms and habits, whether good or bad. I know that's been true in my life. And parents, this is especially true with kids, isn't it? I mean, they pick up on every little quirky mannerism that we have, those things that we don't want them to repeat, the things that we don't want them to learn, they learn those things, right? I mean, it happens all the time in our house. Our son has my wife's habits nailed. thankfully i don't have any of those just kidding god help me um yeah and the same is true in our relationship with the holy spirit that's what i want you to understand here the bible says that we are being transformed into god's likeness through a relationship with the holy spirit It's available, the Holy Spirit is available to anyone who wants to put their trust in Jesus because of his sacrifice for us on the cross. So why is it then that some don't seem to have a life like this? People who say they're Christians but seem to live demoralized or beaten down or defeated. Or those who don't display the fruit of the Spirit that comes from time with him. Fruit like joy in life and 
peace and patience and self-control, love, right? How is it possible that two people can accept Christ at the same time and one year later, one person's life looks radically different while another person looks no different than they did a year before? Is it because that one person just saw their relationship, their new relationship to God as their ticket into heaven? as saying, okay, I'm saved now. I'm clear. I'm good. My past okay now. I can kind of go about my own life. Choosing to be content with knowing just a little bit about God and allowing their relationship to kind of stay where it is while someone else chooses to foster and develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Some people, like the men we saw last week in Acts chapter 19, they they hadn't learned that such a relationship with the Holy Spirit was even possible. Others resist the Holy Spirit. They kind of push him away, whether because of fear, because they're afraid they're going to look mystical or or flaky, or because of a lack of interest, saying to themselves, you know what, I don't need that that Holy Spirit thing, Dave. I I mean, I know Jesus. He's, He's saved me. I've got enough of God already. Don't give me anything new or crazy or different. Or maybe it's because he convicts us of wrongdoing sometimes and we push him away, grieving him and quenching his spirit. And then there are those who live a somewhat spiritless life because I believe that all they're looking for is an emotional, cool experience somehow. Wanting to to feel God, but not wanting to really know God. To be in a relationship with him, which doesn't work. So this morning, I want to close my time with you by giving you just one practical takeaway. And answer one question. How do we build a friendship, a relationship with the Holy Spirit? What does that look like? Well, number one... um, We have to put our faith and trust in Jesus. That's really clear from Scripture. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, if you haven't surrendered your heart and life to Christ and given your heart to Him, then there's no relationship that's really there. But the Bible says that when you accept Christ in your life, the Holy Spirit actually comes and lives within you at that moment. So that's the foundation. That's the start. But to know God personally and to foster this relationship even more beyond that, We need to avoid putting up barriers with the Holy Spirit. Whether it's fear or busyness or a sinful lifestyle, any of these things can quench the Spirit in our lives. And they are ways that tend tend to push God out of our lives. Now, we aren't perfect and we don't need to be. But what, what, what God reveals to us in Scripture is that when we see that there's a barrier there, when we see that there's something that is keeping us distant from God, we need to seek to remove that barrier with His help. And the last thing I'll share with you about this, how to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's to welcome the Holy Spirit into your life with hunger and expectation for a closer relationship. Jesus said, simply ask for God to fill you with his spirit, and he will. It's not something that you have to work up. It's not a mag- There's no magic formula. God says, you know how your kids know how to ask good gifts of you, and you give them. How much more 
will your heavenly father give good gifts to you if you but ask? And so God asks us, if, if you want to have a closer, more intimate relationship with me, all you need to do is ask. Open up your heart to him and trust that that will happen. God isn't going to force himself upon you. But if you open that door, he will be there every single time. So we welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives with a hunger and an expectation for a closer relationship. We pursue the Holy Spirit, yielding ourselves to God, as Romans 6 says. And God says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you do what? When you seek me half-heartedly? When you seek me with a passive interest? No. The Bible says, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. When you give everything to God when you just lay your heart out before God and you say God there is nothing I want more than you it's in those moments that the Holy Spirit comes in and he you become you you know him better than you've ever known him before tragically I believe there's a lack of interest and even a, a dearth of expectation on how we how the Holy Spirit, how we know that the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in our lives. The, the love that we can experience and the changes that he can bring into our lives. Maybe we don't even realize how incredible a relationship with the Holy Spirit can be. I encourage you to take a look at this little video clip this morning. We all have a need and a deep longing to be loved, to be cared for and wanted you can have everything in the world or nothing at all. But we all need and want to experience love. It's through the Holy Spirit that we experience God's love for us. This experience releases us to express our love for God in praise. Whatever the Holy Spirit touches, the Holy Spirit changes. So it is normal that the experiencing the Holy Spirit will will bring some changes, even uh, in our feelings, in our emotions, in our uh, way of expressing ourselves. Uh, St. Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians, don't be uh, drunk with alcohol, with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he, somehow he says that the effect of the coming of the Holy Spirit are uh, <clears throat> like being intoxicated. But uh, it's, this is a, a very special kind of intoxication which makes people stable, uh, not, not uh, uh, trembling. I love that guy. Jesus is saying to us here in John 14, I have something better. Something better than even my presence here. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And you will be able to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that won't just get you through life and sustain you, but be everything to you. Some of you, I believe, have already experienced that in your life at times. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you've heard about this and you've wanted more of God. You've wanted to be, you've, you've had a hunger and a thirst for God, but you haven't known where to turn. And what the Lord wants to just reemphasize to you again this morning is all you need to do is ask. Say, God, I want more of you in my life. God, I am thirsty for you. God, I want you to fill me with your spirit. And he says, 
He will. This isn't this this Holy Spirit we're talking about here. He isn't a some sort of a godly force influencing you somehow like a computer that's hacked or controlled from a distance. It's a friendship. It's a relationship that can become the most meaningful, life-giving relationship you will ever have. And if you want it today, it's available to you. It's yours. It's something that Jesus went to a cross and died for so that you can have. And God says, I give it freely. My presence, my spirit to you because I love you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we are thankful that you give us your spirit in this way. Lord, I know for some of us here today, we've, we've had an experience with you like that. We've, we have sensed you. We've known you're there. But then there are those other times, God, when we don't feel like you're there. We, we can't find you and we're feeling frustrated or confused. And God, we're, we feel like our prayers are just kind of bouncing off the walls. And God, you're reminding us today something that is so important. And that is that even in those moments, when we don't feel what we want to feel, we can know what we need to know. And that is that you're there and that you will never leave us. God, I ask that you would come into each one of our lives and that you would fill us with your spirit. God, I ask that you would help us as we are more and more filled with your spirit to be changed, to evidence the fruit of the spirit in our lives, that we would show love, that we would show patience and peace and self-control in those moments when our mind and our own will wants to just take over and go in a different direction. Lord, I pray for each one of us that as we yield to your spirit more and more every day, more and more we will look like you. We will be an a image, a, a mirror image of you. And that more of us will decrease as you increase. If you're here today and you have never experienced anything like what I'm talking about, if you've never opened up your heart and life to God and said, God, I want you in my life. I want to encourage you this morning to take that step. Maybe today for you is a new day, a day when you came just to kind of be a part of this because your family member maybe or friend drug you here. But maybe for you today, this, is, this day is meant to be something different, a day when you establish a relationship with the God of the universe who loves you so much and wants a relationship with you. And all he's looking for is for you to ask, to take that first step. And if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I thank you for being a God who relentlessly pursues me, who wants a relationship with me despite the decisions I've made in the past, despite the mistakes I've made. God, I've made so many. I've, I've failed you so many times. And God, you say that you still accept me. And not only that, but that you want this relationship. So God, if, if you want it, it's yours. <laughs> I open my heart and my life to you. I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit as I confess that you are my Savior and Lord. 
my creator, my sustainer, and my redeemer. Lord, I ask that you would not only fill me with your spirit, but begin to change me from the inside out and begin to make me more of a reflection of you. In Jesus' name, amen.